In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman. Wonder Woman. Batman. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Justice League spoiler cast. I'm Josiah Leroy, and with me today, Pavlak Jeffrey. What's up? How's it going, buddy? Hey there. And also kind of with us... In spirit. Uh, well, no. <laughs> uh, in spirit and physical form, Jimbo. Uh, she... Oh, here she comes. Heads up. She's taking your mic, Pavlak. Hi. Well, she came across louder than normal. <laughs> Okay, so go back to the mic for me and say, <laughs> let me make you an offer. <laughs> go go back, do it. <laughs> do it. Nah. <sighs> All right, so that is Jamie Leroy. She is a little under the weather. She's leaving, but had to get her little voice in there, and we've got some thoughts from her. Bye, Jim. Don't forget your hazmat suit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, we just kill us all. She is gonna kill us all. She's she's a disease. So she's been killing me my whole life, Pop, like almost minus three years. Uh, just saw Justice League. We'll start with you, Pop, like obviously because Jamie's gone. What <laughs> what did you think? Um, how can I put this succinctly? Because <laughs> I ha- I have a ton of thoughts on this. I, you know, this poor movie had such a roller coaster of a development phase. You know, you lose your director kind of midway through post-production. You have uh, BVS happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, still to this day, personally, I, I don't think we should have gotten this movie now. I think we should have gotten more solo outings from the DCEU. Um, but I will say that this at least surpassed my expectations in the fact that it wasn't... You're basically slamming three brand new superheroes into this without their origin stories properly told. So on paper, that's just a, a disaster waiting to happen. And it wasn't. It was a fun movie. They it pulled was, it together very nicely. It wasn't great, but it was a good movie. It was. I can definitively say it was a good movie. Yeah. Which is not something I've been able to say about every DCEU film to date. Nope. Uh, and now we've got a little bit of a universe because this is film number five. Which right? is weird because I still feel like the DCU is in is is like in its infancy. It, it it feels weird to say this is the fifth movie already now. It does, and with uh, you know, I think mostly negative critical reception to BVS, unless your name is Seth Zelinsky. Uh, you know, he liked that film, but to each their own. I can find some redeeming qualities in it. This one I liked for the most part. I will say I was very impressed. I thought they blended humor and the dark tones very good. Uh, I thought it was it was a tale of two movies at times, like I mentioned to you in the theater, and uh, you, you definitely feel Joss Whedon's presence. Yeah, and I mean that's you know there's like a curiosity with me as to what would this movie have been like if strictly Zack Snyder worked on it, but yeah. then also what. <laughs> <laughs> what would this strictly? What would this have been if strictly Joss Whedon worked on it? Sure. So 
I mean, like, probably like better. You, said, you can see there's moments where it clashes a bit. There's definitely there's there are two very different minds behind this movie. I like that it. Uh, so I think the movie overall started slow. Very I, much. I didn't think it found any momentum till at least about 20 to 30 minutes in. I would maybe even wager a little bit longer than that. Yep, I could I, buy that. I, I it was ba- I mean basically when you're starting this off. And uh, I mean, for, uh, disclaimer: this is a spoiler cast, so we're not holding back. Just so you people are aware. Yeah, I guess I forgot my usual tagline yeah. there. Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers, folks. So if uh, <laughs> if you have not seen the movie, we are going to dive into every detail here. You're but, bas- uh, you're starting off this movie by basically bouncing around between five different superheroes. Like I said, three of which the audiences have not seen yet: Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman. You're trying to introduce all of these guys at once, and the scenes introducing them. Uh, they didn't quite mesh. Like there were some awkward transitions there in the beginning. I thought o- overall, though, they balanced it really well because I cared about these heroes individually instead of hit- seeing just this one big super team. I felt like all of them had skin in the game, if you will. Like mm-hmm. they all had motivation, and I knew what those motivations were instead of just showing up or you know something as ridiculous as Batman and Superman teaming up because their moms have the same name. Just uh, for example, I felt like, and man, there's so many good points throughout. Like at at the end of the movie with Wonder Woman saying there's room for more at the table. Like that was so cool. Uh, I thought it was really nice how she was challenged to kind of be a leader from uh, Batman's point of view. So all over the place, I thought they did a really nice job in making this a lot. It felt like some of the magic we saw when we saw the Avengers come together for the first time. However, a lot of those, basically every Avenger got their own movie before that. And that's something we've long criticized DC for doing. We don't need to copy Marvel. We don't need a Marvel clone here. But should take what they did and maybe try to improve upon it. Oh, definitely. So um, I think, you know, there's something to be said for that. Uh, in terms of tonight, so it's Thursday night, November 16th, uh, by the time you're hearing this. It is just uh, out a few hours. Uh, the predict uh, projections, excuse me, for the box office from Warner Brothers, uh, excuse me, from Variety for Warner Brothers, they're thinking uh, 110 million dollars at just over 4,000 theaters in North America. Okay, so That's pretty good. Not bad. No, absolutely not bad. Uh, that would rank it fifth. And we talked about it on the last podcast, which was the Thor Ragnarok spoiler cast. Check that out if you have not. So far, what we've got this year would be uh, Beauty and the Beast number one for opening weekends, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, saying a lot. Yeah, with uh, all the movies that have come out, and it, and then you throw Thor at number four. That's pretty good. So maybe these numbers are a little bit off, and maybe this pulls ahead or gets some good reception tonight, and people go see it a second time. Who knows? Well, it's gonna get bumped to six in a couple weeks. It will be short lived. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that fifth spot ain't gonna hold for too much longer. How many? How many? Millions of dollars, do you think Last Jedi has in pre-sale tickets? I read something today on Force Awakens, and and in November, so Force Awakens came out December seventeenth, eighteenth. It was fifty million, really, in pre-sale tickets alone. I think you see Last Jedi have a even, po- I mean, possibly even an even bigger opening than Force Awakens. That's bold, but, but in the long run, doesn't match Force Awakens total gross. 
there's something magical and people went and saw force awakens three four times right I, you know it, i think people will for last jedi but it was just so fresh it yeah. came back and they knocked it out of the park i wonder you know not to get too far off topic here if uh carrie fisher there there's any sort of effect there from uh you know how could this movie have any more hype yeah I don't, I, don't th- I don't think you can ever underst- understate the impact, whether positive or negative, that the death of a, I mean, iconic actor for the franchise has on yeah. the movies. I'm, I'm right with you there. So uh, in running down a few more of the box office facts, as we like to do, uh, we'll look at the other DC movies here. So the uh, top grossing DC movie of all time is The Dark Knight, uh, which is uh, $533 million. By today's standards, a little bit different. Domestically, Domestically. right? Yeah, okay. Yes. I'll say because it definitely hit over a billion. <laughs> uh, the Dark Knight Rises would have been second and Wonder Woman third with uh, Dawn of Justice at number four. Wait, Wonder Woman's number three? Yes. Are you positive about that? Yes. This is what? according to boxofficemojo.com for what? total gross. Wait, are you talking domestically again? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. That, yeah, that these are all domestic. Sense. Okay, I thought you were talking global. No. Um BVS is third, I believe, globally. Probably. Because that was like 870, and Wonder Woman finished at just a little over 820. Yes. Yeah, this is just uh, right here domestically for us. Okay. Because, yeah, uh, Wonder Woman was huge over here in America. Oh, yeah. Oh. Four, what do you got there, 400 million? 412. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, enormous for a, for just one territory like that. That's, uh, let's see here, 82 million more than Dawn of Justice here. Wow, That's I, don't, a, I, didn't, I don't think I realized it was that much. And also, if we're we're looking at that, oh, let's see, da, da, da. and another five million on, and Suicide Squad is behind that. Yeah. So, uh, for as hype, you know, as hype that was, mm-hmm. um, then you've got Man of Steel at number six, original Batman at seven, Batman Begins at eight, Superman Returns, a favorite of Cap Americanski at number nine, and Batman Forever at ten. So, uh, in terms of opening weekends. Let's see here. Dark Knight Rises was 160. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. Uh, Especially back then. Yeah. Dark Knight would have been 158. BVS was 166. Right. Holy moly. So at 110, this is actually sh- projected to fall short of Man of Steel. Mm. Kind of interesting. Uh, I feel like maybe 110 might be a little bit low of a projection here, uh, particularly when the critics start rolling with this. Right. I think they're going to be scoring this higher than most had anticipated. I'm not saying this was a, a a home run by any means, but this is, as you and I had discussed, a pivot movie, the one that gets this thing back on track, Wonder Woman notwithstanding, because we knew that was going to be great. Right. <laughs> it well, was just I'm, wonderful, Yeah. if you will. So. Look, that's what happens when you take the time to establish an entire character. I think she was slapping them in there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman was popular by default, but that movie took it to a whole new atmosphere. It was, I can't state how important it was for a number of reasons, and I think it did a lot for this movie. Yeah. Like she, when I think of DC, I think of her. I don't yeah, think of Batman no, or I, Superman anymore. I've said in the coming years, you're gonna see Wonder Woman. Uh, I don't know how long it lasts for, um, you know, maybe just for as long as Gal Gadot per- portrays her. But I think you're going to see Wonder Woman bump Batman as DC's most iconic superhero because Batman's always for I mean, at least in our lifetime, 
you know, before, you know, for those decades beforehand, it was Superman. Yeah. Like the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. Um, Batman started to kind of come on in the late 80s, early 90s. And ever since then, he's been you know, the 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 top, you know, the top billing for DC. And he exploded th- in the 2000s. Right. <laughs> I think Wonder Woman is eventually going to bump him, especially with this rise in, you know, female characters, female moviegoers. There's definitely a trend now in trying to include more uh, female roles, roles, and you know, particularly uh, main roles for female characters. Uh, it's exciting. I think uh, I think we're in a good good spot right now. Plus, Gal Gadot just nails the portrayal down perfectly. I mean, it, it's just such an accurate interpretation of the character. She is Robert Downey Jr. to Iron Man. Right. Yep. Evans to Captain America. I- like, like that's her. Like yeah, you know, I say this for a couple different actors, but like she's not acting. Like, that, that's just her in person. That is a Marvel times. casting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, maybe uh, I don't know where do you want to go. Do you want to go to the the plot and the story of the movie, or do you want to go down the cast list? I'll let you uh, direct this train wherever we're going. <laughs> All right. So uh, story overall, thought it had a good flow. Even though, like you and I mentioned, the first portion of the movie was a little bit off or a little bit slow, maybe boring at times. I thought it was necessary to include uh, each of the backgrounds for the characters, even if ever so slightly they they each had their moment in the spotlight. And I thought that this movie didn't really have a lot of highs and lows. It was consistent. So it was low, and it had a little bit of a build. And really, once we got into maybe about a third of the way through, or maybe even half of the way through, it was just go from there. Mm -hmm. Once the superheroes came together... It was it was all good for me. Yeah, I, I liked. I started liking it more once they were all together, if for no other reason that, I mean, the the castings have all been great. Um, uh, you know, Cyborg was great. Uh, Flash is great. I, I I liked every single character. I liked the way every single actor portrayed them. So even if the story and there, let's be let's be real, there wasn't that much plot going on here. This had about as much plot as a DC animated movie. Um, yeah. But it was enjoyable, if for no other reason, just to see all the characters together interacting, seeing them bantering, seeing them fighting. The castings have been no issue with the DCEU. It felt like uh, it was a little bit self-aware for once, too, which was great. Uh, it just it, it didn't try to be something that it wasn't. And... I will say I think the chemistry from this cast was pretty impressive. Yeah, um, I'd so agree with that. Obviously, you know, starting right off uh, with Batman, we had Ben Affleck return, uh, par for the course. I guess you know nothing, nothing out of the ordinary with him. I have long said I like his Bruce Wayne a lot more than I like his Batman, uh, but Batman worked in this one and even had those moments of a little bit of humor. Yeah, uh, from time to time, which was different for him. Where. So I mean, this is a good segue with the extended, uh, excuse me, the the end credit scene. We're gonna jump to that right away. I think we should because it pertains very much to Batman. Okay. So we see something awesome and something that was not leaked. No. I, at least you know from what I didn't see. It caught me by surprise. Yeah, you and I kind of both thought they were going towards. Green Lantern. Yep, I was convinced we were going to see a Green Lantern, especially because, I mean, they even showed one during the flashback of Steppenwolf's first invasion. That was really cool. You see him die, and you see the the ring fly off. 
So I'm thinking, oh man, I, I'm still kind of bummed about that, that we didn't see another Green Lantern because they're pegging Green Lantern Corps for coming out in 2020 and we really don't know anything about that yet. Yeah. But I mean, this- A little more this, intrigued now though. Yeah, this end credits was awesome. It was really, this is, that is one of the best end credit scenes I've, I've ever witnessed and uh, totally caught me off guard. And on top of that, it was meaningful. It, no, absolutely. It's setting up- You'll probably the next Justice League movie. What hype? Yeah. Or perhaps the Batman. Yeah, I, that's right. That's the other one I was thinking of because they were they've been talking about Deathstroke being the main antagonist in that, and now to see him in this, I is I great. I absolutely went what when like, I saw it. Like there's always kind of been that lingering rumor that Deathstroke is you know he's very close to entering the DCU. We saw I think it was Ben Affleck that actually tweeted it the one day. It was just like an image or um, a video of the costume or like the actor just like posing in the costume. Yeah, that was weird. That was a while ago, but it it, it, it like it never really led to anything because it's not like this was. It wasn't like a teaser for a movie. He never said what it was actually for. It was just kind of showing off Deathstroke for the heck of it. So you knew Deathstroke was coming, but you didn't know when. So this was like this was a cool like this was a cool surprise to finally know now when he's going to be entering the DCEU. Totally caught me off guard. Totally caught me off guard. And uh, we we thought maybe that that would be a good way for Ben Affleck to see himself out of uh yeah. of the DCEU with uh with Deathstroke coming but oh my gosh I love that scene so much and man they nailed his his armor his, yeah, his costume looks great it is dead on and same with uh I mean just like when he takes off the the helmet and he, you know he's got the gray hair that's kind of disheveled he's got the eye patch he looks like a grizzled yeah. veteran you know you know assassin he looks like exactly at least how I would interpret that character to look if you put him on big screen. So that is a big deal. I'm excited about that. And I predict in the coming years when, when he does make that appearance finally uh, in, in a fully-fledged film, that's going to be a popular character among fans. Totally. Kind of like we saw Harley Quinn kind of take off with Suicide Squad. I think that's going to be the next evolution of that. We might not be too far away from that because the original plan was to have a Justice League sequel come out in 2019, I believe. Yeah. But they ended up pushing that back to a, like a TBA release date because they spe- specifically to work on the Batman. And that's starting to roll along now. They've got Matt Reeves, you know, official to direct it. I believe it was in July that he said that they were reworking Ben Affleck's script to fit <laughs> Matt Reeves' vision. So that's already what five months ago was July. Yep. So they're you know the ball's rolling on that. We'll probably see that in mid 2019 if I had to guess. They'll probably start production next year. So we might not be waiting too much longer. I hope not. After seeing, I mean, this granted, time. two years. You know, when you it sounds weird. Two years isn't a long wait. Like, doesn't that sound kind of goofy? But for, it's true for having not really done too too much <laughs> on it. Yeah, that's that, that's a short gap. Uh. In addition, obviously, we touched on Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I like that we saw uh, a different side of her character, and it wasn't just, hey, here's our most popular character. She's doing the thing that we've already seen her do. She did that, but she also evolved, basically was challenged to be a leader in the group, to come out of her shell. Hey, Superman's a beacon of hope. What are you doing hiding? Like, that was cool. It was really cool. It felt like it almost matched the real life thing, uh, some parallels there. Hmm. Where it was like, hey, get out in the spotlight. Like you, <laughs> you were the one. Very meta, huh? Yeah, very meta. I like that they alluded so much to 
you know what was the end of Wonder Woman with uh, Steve Trevor dying. Obviously, that had a huge um, impact on the character of Wonder Woman. She has a she has a very nice epiphany at the end of Wonder the, the film Wonder Woman, and now we know that Steve Trevor's death apparently kind of sent her into a shell for decades. In many many years, it wasn't something that she necessarily pulled herself out of quickly. Um, I said this to you as we were leaving the theater. I'm going to be very curious now to see what they do with Wonder Woman 2, the movie, whether that's going to be set during that gap between the first Wonder Woman movie and Batman versus Superman, where she you know, kind of comes out into the public eye again, or if it'll be set after this, Justice League, where she's fully embraced her, um, her fame and her, her, her role as now kind of like a pseudo leader of the Justice League. They kind of they planted a nice seed to go wherever they want with yeah, that movie. They the playground is limitless, and I think whenever we get a trailer for that or get some leaks on what that story or concept might be about, that'll shoot to the top of everyone's most anticipated list. But that's exactly why I'm so fixated on the solo superhero movies, like their solo outings, because those scenes where Bruce and Diana are talking about her past, talking about Steve Trevor's death and the way she reacted to it. That all has emotional impact because we saw exactly what happened to Steve Steve Trevor. We saw what made Diana Wonder Woman. We didn't get to see that with Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman, unfortunately. We'll see it soon with Aquaman because he's the next one that's up. But that's why I stress the importance of these solo superhero movies because you have all that time then to establish their background so that when they have a poignant scene in a movie like this, it hits you way more than just, okay, I've known this character for 30 minutes and I like the way he looks or he sounds cool. Yeah, I think I think there's something to be said for that. Like we cared about Thor and Captain America. I mean, does does Captain America's leadership or persona in Avengers mean much if we don't see the first Avenger? Exactly. I don't know. I I don't think it does. And I I think it's the same with Iron Man to a point and you got to know what makes these characters tick. I think they did a nice job of retreading some of that at this point. Like, okay, we've gone too far. It almost felt like Joss Whedon was like, okay, guys, we missed the boat on doing what Marvel did. So now we've got to explain a little bit of it on the fly. And yeah. I thought with that, they did a good job without making it feel too rushed. This this was a tough one to completely salvage. Like, you weren't going to make this an excellent movie, in my opinion. There, there, just, there was no way it was going to happen. They, as I was saying to you earlier... Um, when this began principal photography, that was in May, sorry, April of 2016. That was mere weeks after Batman vs. Superman launched. Um, once Suicide Squad came out then and kind of revealed that, hey, Warner Brothers kind of goofed up their start to the DCU, this was already well into, the, into production. There was really no turning back from this. You know, they had already invested so much time and money into producing this movie that you weren't just gonna, you weren't just going to scrap it because you had you know maybe goofed up your introduction to the DCU. It's just you know some people may say it's a lost cause, some people may say it, it was just a dead end, but they had to salvage this somehow. And I mean, they did. They kind of did. I mean, it, like I said, it was. It's not. It's not a great movie, but it's still a good, entertaining movie. I think. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I I think uh, it was probably not an easy task to get this <laughs> back on no. track. And from 
early whispers and seeing what we saw with uh, even like the first trailer. First trailer, the tone is or the teaser is drastically different from what we saw tonight. Mm-hmm. It looked like it had that dark BVS feel all over it, and it was like, ugh, we're in for more of that. But that's not what we got, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, Henry Cavill as Superman, again, par for the course. I will say this, during the last battle, I genuinely forgot that he was back. They made me forget that he was back, <laughs> and when he appeared, I got excited. Yeah, I was like, oh, geez, I forgot. <laughs> you know, super, I was so fixated on how they were going to finally take him down, and then he, he came back, and I thought they did a good job with that. Because, you know, right at the end of BVS, you're like, okay, he didn't really die. Like, Yeah, and that's that was a stupid part of BVS. Just terrible. We all knew he wasn't dead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> terrible. Most superheroes don't really die. And that one was just icing on the cake. Um, a bunch of newcomers here. Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Man, you have long said that Aquaman was going to be awesome. At meeting the, the solo film, in addition to Jason as Aquaman himself. I think you're right. I think uh, that movie is going to get some some nice excitement next year. That's going to be a great movie. James Wan is an amazing director. Um, the guy behind the Conjuring movies, he did Fast and Furious 7. Um, and just the whole concept of this is really neat. For one thing, I can't think of too many live-action movies that have taken place primarily underwater. So that's one. That's just like a neat visual and aesthetic element there. On top of that, they were always describing this as kind of like an Indiana Jones movie in the sense that like Aquaman's going to be searching for ancient relics. There's a lot of history and like mythological aspects to the Atlantean lore, and when you have a full you know two hour movie to explore all that, I think it's going to be really fun. Me too. And uh, uh, Amber he- Heard is a very underrated actress, so she'll be great as Mara. We saw a little bit of her here in Justice League. You've got Patrick Wilson. He's going to be Orm. Uh, he's also working with James Wan. He's uh, been the main character from the Conjuring movies. You've got Willem Dafoe in there. He's yes. going to be Volko. Uh, Nicole Kidman is in there. And then, hey, hey it's going to be great because Dolph Lundgren's in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. Um. I'm, I'm pumped for that one. I think uh, so. We said December of next year on that one. Yes, it- December 21st. I think you're right on that. Just cross my fingers, though. Come on, let let the Han Solo solo flick get pushed into December, so then they can pull Aquaman into like November, October, or something. I don't want to wait. I want it. I want to see it now. I'm I'm with you on that, and for two reasons, I would rather see Han Solo then. Yeah. <laughs> I you know Christmas, it's kind of become a tradition for us to go see a Star Wars movie then. And, uh, you know, November, hey, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so you and I had predicted a few weeks back that uh, Wonder Woman would get pushed out in 2019. So Wonder Woman, this, uh, the sequel, supposed to come out originally Christmas 2019. Episode 9 of Star Wars got pushed back. Hey, guess what? We got an announcement this week. It's bumped up to November. Thank you, fu- thank you, Star Wars. Thank you, Star Wars. Thank you, J.J. Abrams. Actually, Colin Trevorrow, really, <laughs> for not doing your job adequately. <laughs> or so they say. Anyway, uh, that worked out nicely, yep. and I would like to say you heard it here first, but I don't think we said it on a podcast. I can't remember if we did or not. Yeah. Uh, I, look, I can tell you folks at home, there are definitely uh, exchanges in our group chats that can verify that I'll, I'll take screenshots if i have to on my phone yeah we we called uh, that one i don't pl- I, I, I like like you said i don't know if we said on a podcast but regardless we call it on the money <laughs> yes um in uh, addition with our theme of the the newer crew here yep. ezra miller as the flash uh he was my favorite character probably 
along with Aquaman, but I, I liked Ezra. Man, he was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm really surprised at how much I liked him. I didn't think I was going to. Me neither. It looked like it was forced at first. Yeah. And, and all the trailers we had seen, I was like, oh gosh, this is the best. But guess what? They didn't show us the best humor. That's true. They didn't. They always show us everything with these movies. Uh-huh. This is the first time in, in the DCEU that we haven't. The plot wasn't given away, not that there was much of one. <laughs> but they, they, didn't, they didn't do it. Yeah. So kudos to them. So I, Ezra um, Miller, funny as hell. Yeah. I, I, I really like Ezra Miller as an actor, I, but I was not looking forward to his portrayal as Flash because we've always known that he's kind of been this like introverted, awkward, kind of like goofy, almost like childish character. And to me, Barry Allen is always a cocky, smart aleck, you know, sharp tongue kind of guy. So I, I didn't think I'd like this Flash, but man, I, I, I really did enjoy him. I thought his humor was great. I thought he brought a lot of levity, uh, levity to the crew. I definitely laughed out loud at, at more than a few of his uh, his gags. He got the the crew going too a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't just that he was this clown who's really not fought for anything in his life. He's got his personal battles. There's enough to be said, and I, I liked at the end him going back to visit his dad and basically saying, "Hey, I've made something of myself. Yeah, I'm getting a, a real job." Thought that was a really nice touching moment because mm-hmm. the Flash is someone you root for in this movie, and I love what they used him for. The, the tactics they used in different battles to kind of take advantage of his powers because he's like, I don't really know what to do and I'm right. scared of bugs. Like, that was kind of <laughs> funny. It, it was basically like Justin Long played this character. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he was like this, you know, good. He was basically like a man child. He was. And he was lighthearted and fun. And it was the perfect mix. It wasn't over the top, it wasn't cheesy. Like, they struck a good chord with him. So I, I agree. I can't wait to see more of him yeah. in the future. The, the, I mean, Flashpoint is coming at some point. Like, the. Um, solo flash outing i think they've they've almost got a director attached to that so that's that's probably not one we'll see till like 2020 or 2021 though i would say yeah i mean i'll say this if there's one thing dc accomplished tonight with along with warner brothers it's that i'm really excited for a lot of these solo films now right yeah you like these characters like i said they they their casting has not been the issue they've gotten great actors to portray these characters and they've written them well enough that you like the characters and their personalities Agreed. Um, Cyborg, especially. I really enjoyed Cyborg, too. Speaking of, uh, so Ray Fisher played Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first, I, I didn't care for his character so much. And then the film went on, and he evolved, and you understood a little bit more about him. And also his role in in the squad, it meant more than just seeing him kind of mope early on. Yeah. And you can sympathize with that. Like That's, that's terrible. I, I love the human connection that he brought. When uh, him and the Flash are digging up Superman, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> it, so, well, it was, like, <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't be doing this. It really, it's kind of like a gruesome scene. Well, not like gruesome, but it's it's kind of like a, it is kind of like a dark scene. I mean, they're literally digging up someone's grave. Like that's messed up. That's what it is. Yeah, like, it's super messed up. And Flash even acknowledges, like, isn't, isn't this kind of macabre? <laughs> And it totally is. He's like, I could do it really fast, but I feel like I shouldn't. Right, but they they somehow brought humor to a pretty ugly situation. It was pretty messed up. I like that they connected though, Cyborg and the Flash. Basically, like, so were the accidents? That was funny. <laughs> they, got, they got that fist bump then at the end. They, yeah, I think a lot of people might have missed that too. They, no, totally, because it was very subtle, off to the corner of the screen. But I, I I laughed when I saw that. If you can get a screenshot of that, that should be your picture for the review. I think. Like <laughs> I'll, the, I'll, the main I'll, work, header. I'll work on it. We'll see if we can find it. Uh, Jeff is uh, 
uh, writing our official review for Justice League. Uh, not up yet. It may be by the time you're listening to this, because, again, we did just get out of the theater. But uh, happy to have him doing that one. I'll say this about Cyborg then real quick. Go for His it. His solo movie is scheduled currently for April 3rd, 2020. I'm really pumped for that now because they captured everything about the character's background that has always made him so interesting. Um, you know, for one thing, he's partially made by the mother boxes, which are one of the most important um, objects in in the DCEU and just DC Comics in general. It was such a good tie-in. Yeah, it's, it, it works perfectly. Yeah. It and, gave the story such meaning to the broader universe. Right. It was very much like the Infinity Stones do for the MCU. Like, that was awesome. And he's a product of these super powerful artifacts that everyone's chasing after and are kind of, you know, there's some... There, there's you know a more there's moral issues you know, not issues but there's moral questions behind him too like should his dad have kind of you know played Doctor Frankenstein there and you know kept him alive while you know did he take away his humanity and you know keeping him alive and making him a cyborg there's a lot of really interesting questions surrounding cy- the character of Cyborg's background which I I can't wait to see expanded upon in a you know in a full movie now I think uh, just as we saw um, kind of Spider-Man and Black Panther and a few of the other characters in Civil War uh, right. before they got movies. Yeah. That's a little bit how I feel about Cyborg. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, hey, we got a glimpse, a little bit more than a glimpse with Cyborg because, you know, he's uh, a predominant character. That's how I feel now. I Before, I didn't care. And right. now I totally want that movie. Yeah. So they did a good job with that. And I think that's what's important with this is piquing our interest. And there's no better way of piquing our interest than that end scene, by the way. That yeah. after credit scene, goodness gracious. Even having Eisenberg back yeah. <laughs> as Luther. I'm not like sure that. it works anymore. When I saw BVS, I didn't mind it because the, I thought the movie was just kind of so ridiculous that <laughs> it worked. But now that they're changing direction, right? and I, you know, I don't know if it's going to work. But He I, looks great with the, you know, with the shaved head. I mean, he looks, I mean, like just physically, he looks like a perfect Lex Luthor. He's just got this just that goofy personality. That I just hate it. Yeah, for Lex Lu- it's it's not Lex Luthor. Today. You wonder if New Direction makes that better yeah, for future know. movies. We'll see. Yeah, only time will tell on that one. I love when he said, "We need a league." Basically, oh, I, yeah. No, his. We need a league of our own, or we also need a why league. Why can't we have a league of our own, or something like that? That was like chills. Oh, right I there. mean, yeah, like that. Oh, oh man. <laughs> That's uh, that's some good stuff there, oh, DC. Man. Yeah, kudos to you guys. That was incredible. Um, yeah, so we've touched on basically all the the main characters there. Some of the the big characters. Uh, J.K. Simmons right. is uh, is Jim Gordon. Would have liked to see a little bit more of him, but I didn't have to at the same time because, you know, they had to split it up between the the five heroes. Um, Amy Adams, of course, is back. Um, who else here? Uh, well, we had—I mean, we had Amber Heard for that one scene in Atlantis. Jeremy uh, Irons. Yeah, Jeremy. I, I really like him as Alfred. I didn't at first. Right. I, I'll tell you, I get—I kind of, in particular, on my Alfreds. I, uh, That's true. You have—you have seen a lot of your Alfreds in your time. I like—I uh, like Michael Caine. I like. Um, everybody likes Michael Caine. Is everybody does? <laughs> who? Uh, whoever. Oh my gosh. Forgive me for not thinking of the guy who who plays him in Gotham. He's really, really good. Uh-huh. I think he might be my definitive Alfred. Ooh. Uh, which is saying a lot. But uh, yeah, Jeremy Irons, it's it's a whole new one. It's it's a different take, and he was funny too. I thought, uh, you know, he had his different quips. The one about having a date, 
with yeah, uh, oh yeah wonder woman was kind of funny no he's just this, like he he's kind of bitter he's extremely sarcastic he doesn't give a crap no he, he, he has zero chill <laughs> he's he, he's checked out he don't care um let's see oh one other i wanted to mention i thought was a nice bit character was joe morton as silas uh father of cyborg yeah i thought he, it was nice it was a nice connection getting uh to see him in there and you you really felt like they were truly father and son yeah, no, totally. Like I said, Cyborg's background is one of the most fascinating of any DC superhero. So, I mean, his dad is pivotal to that background. Is there anything, uh, as we get closer to, to wrapping this thing up, that you wanted to go through that we, we haven't really touched on? Um, You know, when it comes to Steppenwolf, he's he's been polarizing from what I've seen in reactions and reviews. I, I mean, he looks cool. He's really powerful, but in terms of character depth, depth, he basically amounts to a video game boss. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Are you from uh, Dragon Age?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, the thing that you always see out there, and I kind of disagree to a point, is that Marvel has uh, a villain problem in their MCU. I think so far, DC has a, a villain problem in what they've gone through in their brief five movies i think both franchises do to be honest i mean this this is what we got here bvs was bleh you didn't obviously. like zod? oh sorry i'm sorry bvs bvs well, yeah yeah because it was i like zod yeah i, like zod I thought zod was really good in man, man of steel, steel. Yeah. i thought that worked suicide squad you know nah. that's a tough one to, to talk about villains in nah. and then uh wonder woman there's you know eh. yeah well i mean aries well, the thing is, Ares is shrouded in mystery for all of Wonder Woman. Right. So he's not bad. It's just that he doesn't really leave much of an impact on you. No. Ares is more Ares is more of a concept in Wonder Woman than he is a character. Yeah, I agree with that. He's almost got like a Sauron vibe to him, where like his presence is always there, but his identity isn't. Yeah, that makes sense. That's um, that's an interesting take on it, comparing mm-hmm. to Sauron there. <laughs> I can talk all day about Wonder Woman. You know that. I know you could. And Lord of the Rings. Yes. Very much. <laughs> Speaking of which, Lord of the Rings, Amazon. Yeah. Official partnership there to, to get the series with Warner Brothers. Oh, man. Interesting. It's we'll see where so that goes. Cool. I can't wait. I think they'll do a fine job with it. I do, too. Yeah. It's very early, and we don't know many details, but I, I've got a good feeling about it. Me, too. Also, with uh, Mr. Tolkien stepping down. Yeah, Christopher Tolkien, no longer the director of the Tolkien estate. That's, that's a huge deal. It's a big deal. That that could open the floodgates for... I think we're going to get a lot of Lord of the Rings content in the yeah. next decade now. Look, I mean, this is the time for it. We're in this renaissance of genre movies, genre, um, you know, entertainment in general. They could they could go a lot of ways with that, it's, and uh, I'm, I'm fine with it. Oh, me too. I'm fine. At first, I was always uh, guarded about it, much like I was Star Wars back in the day. I was like, leave it alone. You've got the six movies. Don't touch it. Yeah, don't. Even the Clone Wars TV series, I was like, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Now I can't get enough of it. All right. And same with Marvel and to a point DC. And hey, maybe we're going to get the same in Middle Earth. Yeah. I'm all about that. It's exciting times <laughs> for sure. Uh, anything we didn't really like in the movie that we haven't touched on? I think I think we pretty much did in, in talking about pace. Maybe a little bit of a blah villain. Well, uh, I mean, just going back to Steppenwolf real quick. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Steppenwolf. I like I, like I said, I love his, his, his design. I loved him in battles. Um. 
I like his background, but that's only because I know the background of the character from the comics. And this, we don't really get to know a lot about him. And I don't. And he has a really inter- and um, he has a really interesting background, especially because he's Darkseid's uncle. Really? Yeah. Okay, I had no comics. idea. And we've heard Darkseid's name mentioned once or twice now in the DCEU, but we get no allusion whatsoever to the fact that Steppenwolf has this connection, like that close of a connection to him. So I would like to have seen a little bit more of that. Um, Probably, honestly, if if I think of it critically too, it's tough to fit in everything they fit in in kind of backtracking, telling the stories, setting some of the origins for these characters, some of the newer ones, right? While advancing the story and salvaging what was Justice League before Joss Whedon stepped on board, probably would have been a lot to fit in. Yeah. So well, that that's exactly why we need the solo outings because instead of yeah, no showing the backgrounds for Flash, Cyborg, and Aquaman at the beginning of this movie, you could have showed Steppenwolf's background. You could have found out more about the Fourth World and the New Gods, which is what Darkseid's a part of. You could have gotten more of that. Yeah, that's what we needed. Well, maybe Jeffrey Pavlak needs to be running that. Maybe. <laughs> I'd be okay with it. Maybe. <laughs> Call us DC. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you on everything. I think we agreed for the most part on this. I'm just so glad Steppenwolf didn't do in this movie what he did in his most famous comic arc. Yes. Which was kill off Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. That brings up a good point I I wanted to mention. We talked about that immediately after the movie was done. So I thought I was crazy during the movie for thinking they were about to possibly kill off Batman. I thought he was done. I'm glad that I wasn't alone in thinking that because I thought I was going to bring it up after the movie and you would have been like, no. (laughs) But hey. So... Well, they really played up his vulnerability because he got his butt kicked a lot in these fights, which is understandable because the parademons are all, you know, metahuman. How many times, yeah, did they say that, like, you don't have a superpower? Yeah. He even, like, said, like, he's getting too old for this. (laughs) Like, he could never do it, really. Um, Him and Alfred joke about penguins being the the biggest problem back Uh in the day. Man, I would love to see some of that, Batman. But anyway. uh, It's coming. I know, I know. Uh, there's long been talks that Ben Affleck wants out, which is such a, a weird twist of fate in him wanting to be all in and take over this thing. And then it's like he woke up and was like, ooh, I don't know if I really want to put too much of my hand on this. Yeah. And now, it, you know, he, he stepped back from the Batman movie in terms of directing and, uh, you know, he wrote the script, but it's being reworked. So it's a little disheartening, but it had me thinking, oh, my gosh. They're going to kill him off. Yeah. They're going to kill him off. I thought this was going to be it. I was real- because of the connection to the comics where Steppenwolf kills him. There were one or two hits that he took, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to die. Right. And I'm like, they're not killing off Superman in one and then Batman in the next, are they? Like, I would have been pissed. See, I think I thought there was a precedent for that because so far you've seen a lot of major character deaths in the DCU films. I mean, Zod get, gets killed by Superman in Man of Steel, which yeah. which is still a controversial moment to this day among fans. You had Superman dying in BVS, which was dumb, but whatever, it is what it is. Um, several characters get killed off in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Steve Trevor dying at the end of Wonder Woman. That's why I thought they didn't care so much, so maybe they would just do it. And he, you know, allegedly wants out of this, so maybe they wait until the Batman solo film. Uh, I'm calling it out. I think he gets killed off at the end of the Batman. Bye. Could be Deathstroke. <laughs> it could be Deathstroke. Oh, that was so cool. That it, was it so really cool. It really was. I'm fanboyed really hard there. <laughs> Lou would, too. Yeah, Lou totally. Oh, yeah. Like, no, when he sees this, he'll, he'll love it. Because, like I said, they kept it under wraps. I didn't see that coming at all. And what did we say? They they show off everything in their their trailers. A lot of BVS was leaked. 
nothing. Nothing here. Right. How do they do it? <laughs> Maybe they... Oh, man. I don't, I don't know. know, man. Speculation will kill me on that one. The other mid credit scene was really funny. Flash and Superman racing. And I hope we find out in the next movie <laughs> who, who... I think that'll be like a little conversation piece <laughs> during a battle. Who won it? Hey, I got to the Pacific first kind of thing. It was funny how he has no sense of direction. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I think he's most kids our age, right? Yeah. <laughs> we can't do it without phones. He's a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. One that I like, though, particularly. So, yeah, that was... A, oh, man. I'm just I'm smiling right now because I feel like uh, I got my money's worth tonight. Not to mention my free refill on my icy. Of course, because I'm Mr. Diamond here for the we people listening. I have so many regal points; it's not even funny. I could go to the next 14 movies and get three dollar popcorns each and, time. And we crush that popcorn tonight. Oh my gosh! Normally, you, we you and I had never seen food before this. It right. was <laughs> it was crazy. So good times had by all. Definitely. Uh, wrapping up. Any final thoughts? Like I said, um, not great, but good. Definitely good. And if nothing else, this is a very good jumping off point to set a promising direction for the rest of the DCEU. Is it too early for me to ask you what you might score this? Or should we let people find out? You can uh, check the official review on the website. How about what Seth would score this? (laughs) See, do do it. Seth, I hope you're listening. (laughs) Do, would you like this? Do you think Seth would like this more than BVS? Yeah. Because I think it's, Leaps and bounds better than BVS. It's definitely better than BVS. I would assume he would, but he wouldn't it be weird if he liked BVS more and then Justice League like not as much? Wouldn't, be the, wouldn't be the most shocking thing from him. Listen, he's my friend, and I'd say it if he were here. So I hope you're listening, Seth. Yeah, that's true. We would say it if you were here. Gotta love it. So would Nate. Nate yeah. Lockhart. Oh, Twitter battle royale, if you will. Thank you, 280 characters for some of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Some some of us can't be uh, so lucky with that. <laughs> All us chatty Cathy's over here. So uh, in echoing Jeff's sentiment on the film, I think this was the pivot. I think it was the one that kind of played off of some of the momentum from Wonder Woman and did right by every failure that we saw from BVS and Suicide Squad. To a lesser extent, Man of Steel. Uh, It feels like there's some direction. It feels like it mattered. I cared about these characters for once instead of just watching epic explosions happen in front of me and battles and one last thought i thought it was actually a good looking film a lot of the times with what we've seen in the dceu the they've all got like a color palette theme that i personally wouldn't have chosen it was either dark or grainy to a point oversaturated suicide squad was bright but then you actually got to the movie and it wasn't so bright like from contrast from all the promotion yeah so Kudos to them fixing this and writing the ship. I'm excited for what's next. I can't wait for Aquaman. Han Solo, come on, let's get delayed. Agreed. Jeff, you've had a big week for written content for the Geekiverse. Yep. So you've got Justice League coming, the official review. Well, that'll probably be up by the time this is up. You also reviewed another really, really big property uh, this week. Super Mario Odyssey. The review is finally in. I am loving Super Mario Odyssey myself, by the way, for Nintendo Switch, for all of our gaming fans out there. Pick it up if you have not. Very fun it's, game. It's not going on sale anytime soon, I'll no. tell you that. Uh, I think they just announced today, actually, it was the highest selling game in America, or sorry, North America in October. Impressive. Among any, you know, any, it, probably any individual title. I wouldn't be surprised if Assassin's Creed Origins beat it when combining, you know, 
Xbox One, PS4 sales. Well, think about it. We had Assassins. We had Shadow of uh, War come out. Right. The Middle Earth. Uh, Wolfenstein. Yep. And I think we're forgetting uh, something else. But Probably. It, it was a big month, regardless. So Very. pick that up. Uh, I, I am working my way through it right now. I think I'm about halfway through. Uh, very much enjoying it. What, what kingdom are you on? I think I'm about eight in. What what, what kingdom? I, I don't remember. I haven't played it in a week. Really? I played it on the plane. Okay. <laughs> played it on the way back from Florida, Not and I couldn't excuse. set it down. Not a good enough excuse. Listen, there's a lot going on in this head. <laughs> uh, so that's all going on. Uh, also, we'll have a video review up for that shortly. Yep. Uh, so your first nar- narration for that. Where can everybody find you on the social medias? Uh, Twitter at Jeffrey Pobbs and Instagram, Jeff Pollock. In my corner of the Geekiverse, uh, I uh, reviewed the last episode for Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy series. Left off on a very strong note. Uh, you can check out my review at thegeekiverse.com for that. I'll have some more Star Wars coverage uh, in the coming weeks before The Last Jedi, which is probably our next spoiler cast. Yeah, definitely our next spoiler yeah. cast. Yeah. So we're not going to do one for Coco. <laughs> Sorry, Coco. <laughs> looks very good, though. It does I'm, look I'm, really I'm good. I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, I'm into that. Love Pixar. Uh, but anyway, uh, check out at thegeekiverse.com. I wrote an article, Seven Reasons the Phantom Menace is Not a Bad Movie. That's right. You heard me there. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on. Uh, Seth Zielinski is also going to have a new video series up, uh, Defending Bad Movies. You can check that out at youtube.com slash thegeekiverse. You can bet Superman Returns is in there. Uh, we just released a cosplay. It's not a bad movie. <laughs> it's a great movie, actually. <laughs> well, let him tell you why. I don't need him to tell me why. I already know why. With a pipe and a turtleneck. <laughs> yeah, the turtleneck is what makes it. And some of Nate Lockhart's brandy. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, he did. Oh, oh really? He had oh, it down wow. here. I had some. It was delicious. No, it was actually from Nate? Yes. Okay. He borrowed Nate's brandy. Only Seth, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nate is also a 60-year-old man in a 30-year-old <laughs> man's body. <laughs> he is. Oh, gotta love it. Check out Nate's podcast, The Memory, uh, the Memory Machine, which you can hear on the Geekiverse Podcast Network. You can find that on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, for Twitter, you can find us at the underscore Geekiverse and Facebook.com slash the Geekiverse, as well as Instagram. I am at Josiah D. Leroy on Twitter. Come argue with me over Star Wars. It's a great time. Uh, last thing we want to plug here, we uh, have become the official sponsor of Fantastic Tees. I always have a hard time saying that. <laughs> that is a Fantastic. That is a company started by Del Reed uh, in Buffalo. He is a local celebrity uh, turned soon-to-be national celebrity, I would dare say. Uh, so their company will release a new shirt every week, a new geeky shirt every week, and proceeds from each sale go to a family in need or a charity, uh, which is outlined before you make the purchase. So, like, for example, the past week we had the Justice Lager shirt. Uh, we had a Breaking Bad T-shirt available, and uh, we couldn't be more thrilled to be the official sponsor of that. So check that out at fantastictees.com. That's fantastic, but it's spelled T-E-E right in the middle there. I think we covered everything. I think so, so yeah. A few weeks to go here. Crazy ass year, and we've got one Unbe- one more one more to go. An unbelievable year. I'm exhausted. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so Star Wars The Last Jedi. We will be there December 14th, and then we'll be right here podcasting that uh, for the spoiler cast. Maybe Jamie's voice will be back by then. Let's hope. You know, probably not, but we'll see what happens. So For Jeff, for the ghost of Jimbo, I am Josiah. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed Justice League. We'll talk to you soon. She's not dead.